You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And that, of course, means it's time for us, those weekend golf guys. You know, it's like, hey, guys, how you doing? It's like y'all. It's the northern version of y'all. Hey, y'all. How are you? We have a wonderful woman uh, teacher with us uh, on, on the show today, Brooke Watts from Forest Creek Golf Club, Austin, Texas. Uh, it's it's so good to be here. And and actually, Forest Creek is in Round Rock. It's in Round, Round Rock, Texas. Round Rock, Texas. Excuse me. So somewhere near uh, Austin, Texas. Then it, Exactly. It, we are the sports capital of Texas. I'll learn something today. What? Sports Round capital yes. of Texas. Sports capital of Texas? It I know. I know. Yeah. It is. It's That's, crazy. Yeah. This how do you get a moniker like that other than just saying we do it better here? <laughs> well, that's that's a great question, Jeff. Uh, gosh, it's such a good question. We are the home of Forest Creek Golf Club, where I'm at uh, the Round Rock Express, which is the minor league baseball team by Nolan Ryan. We've got a sports complex that is huge that hosts volleyball, basketball. The thing is like Disney World for sports. Just got a uh, natatorium that's being built right now that will compete with what we have at the University of Texas. You know, I thought those in Round Rock were lying about it until I became part of Round Rock. I'm like, oh, this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. sports capital of Texas. Well, you see, that's that's wow. the thing. You just you just say stuff like that, and if people don't argue with you, it sticks. And, and yeah. I believe it. I'm extremely yeah. gullible. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's the truth. <laughs> but by the way, it's actually a fact. And let me show off the natatorium. That means they're building a big swimming pool. Okay. Yes. That's- yes. <laughs> I can't spell natatorium, but I can say it. Yes. It sounds really classy. It really does. <laughs> exactly. And, and Brooke, also, you haven't been with us since the competition that we almost won. You are now on the second best golf show in the world. Second best? Who's number one? Some show from Sky Sports in London, you know, yeah, okay, three million dollar budget, 27 people on staff, researchers. Yeah, yeah, so we don't care. Oh, we got us, but that's that's across the Atlantic. It I is, mean, it is, it doesn't, that, it doesn't really count don't exactly. Count. That's well, right. the way we're looking at it, like, okay, number two in the world, but we're number one in the USA. Yeah, exactly. That's the way, and in works. everyone's hearts, number one in everyone's hearts. <laughs> there we go. John Ashton, that's me in studio. Jeff Smith from Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana, and Brooke Watts down at the uh, Forest Creek Golf Club in the sports capital of the world. That's right. Or Texas, whichever comes first. That's exactly right. We are those weekend golf guys, and we'll be right back. You know what it's like. You get to about the 15th, 16th hole, and man, you're tired. Your swing isn't quite as forceful. That contact is nowhere near as crisp. You have lost your energy. That's why guys who play professionally carry energy bars and drinks and things in their bag. We have one for you to try. It's brand new product. It's called Hole in One Bars, and Hole is spelled W-H-O-L-E. And they are taking strokes off everyone's game. Hole-in-one bars from Brickhouse Nutrition were formulated by a doctor to boost healthy, stable 18-hole energy. No jitters and no crash. More importantly, they sharpen your focus and they shave strokes off your game. You can take the hole-in-one bars challenge. That's whole W-H-O-L-E. Switch from your energy bar or drink to hole-in-one bars and see improvement in your game instantly. 
Let's get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit holeinonebar.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-I-N-O-N-E-B-A-R.com. Promo code is weekend. Holeinonebar.com. Promo code weekend. There are two flavors you can choose from. Vanilla, honey, almond, which is delicious. And then the chocolate berry. I mean, need I say more? Chocolate. And these will not melt. These will not fall apart. These will not disintegrate. Holeinonebar.com. Promo code weekend. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Brooke Watts. Now, Brooke, it's funny that you and Jeff are here at the same time because you were basically the second Jeff Smith, the one we went to when Jeff was unavailable. I mean, he is my idol. Oh, well, we can work on that. <laughs> we gotta, we got to raise the standards here a little bit. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but Brooke is a, a phenomenal golf instructor in her own right down there in in Texas, and uh, and has uh, played uh, collegiate golf at a very high level, and is 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 wonderful on the golf course. And she too, like Jeff, can can talk you into a better game. That is a talent, though, that both you guys have. That that's that's phenomenal because I have heard. And well, we had a, a guest on the show last week who listened to Jeff send us a, a letter that said it changed my life. Just one little thing surprised. that Jeff said. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, Jeff can talk people and has talked people into a much better game. You've dealt with him. You've got instruction from him verbally. Oh, right? oh gosh. You know, teaching golf, honestly, you know, I, I always tell my students, there's really six aspects to playing good golf. And really technique is just one six of this algorithm. There's a technical side and it is important, but there's a physical side. There's a mental side, an emotional side, a social side, a spirit side. And if any, and I actually call that the mental, the emotional, the social, the spirit, I call that the mess in golf (laughs) because if any part of that is off, then guess what gets blamed? It's your technique. And so technique gets blamed for so many things. Like I was talking to you guys just a little bit ago here at Forest Creek, we've had five PGA qualifiers here. And some of my students have played in these qualifiers. There's one in particular, when he was walking to the first tee, I mean, a ghost at Halloween had more color in space than he did. (laughs) And I looked at him, I spotted him a hundred yards away. And I said, you're, you're going to have to breathe. Oxygen's important. Uh And I said, you're just going to need to breathe before you hit every shot. And sure enough, he went out there and he had a career low. And at one point he was at the top of the leaderboard. He shot two under seven under actually qualified, which we've not had that here at all. And a lot of my guys played in these qualifiers I talked to them also about the social side of it. How do you do when you're playing with somebody that maybe has a better swing or has accomplished more? How does that affect you? And also, how do you play when there's somebody that maybe their technique isn't as good? Maybe their swing isn't as good. That social side of it, how does that affect you? Because that plays a big part into your game. And especially with competitive golfers, I know in my competitive playing career, that played a huge part into how I was going to do. And I had to learn how to manage me. And I think that's one thing I've changed as an instructor is we can manage certain things, but there's some things that we cannot manage. And the big part is ourselves. We got to be able to manage ourselves. Yeah. Well, that's a big part also of, of, of amateur golfers. I mean, you, you get a regular force 
foursome and you got some guy in your foursome who's playing like crap. Right. And it's going to affect everybody else in, in the group. Oh, absolutely. I know one story that's so funny and my parents make me tell it all the time. I was playing in a collegiate tournament where the young woman I was playing with, she had never played golf before and not smoked a cigarette. And in NCAA, you cannot use tobacco products. Uh So she showed up to this tournament with, I don't know, two packs of nicotine patches. And she was very invested of where she's going to put this nicotine patch so she could get through this collegiate round. Well, me, I got really into this story and I got really into her journey of how she going to, where is she going to put this? And it affected me horribly because I wasn't focusing on me. It's a great story as an instructor. <laughs> of yeah. You've got to be able to separate things. Right. But it, you know, we, you have to be able to separate it of letting the energy that's in your group or letting the energy that's going on in your round. How do you separate the two? And that's something I've gotten much better at as an instructor and in trying to coach my students through. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the mess. Because I, I don't want to skip over the fact that she just came up with a, a great conversation to every single golfer. Because the mess is really what messes people up. Like you said earlier, it manifests itself in the physical. And then somebody will say, okay, my swing is messed up and you got to go fix the physical. That's not the root cause. Why is it right. that a certain player, any player, show up on the range one day and just pure it? And they wander over to that first tee, something's gone on. And all of a sudden, like you said, there's no color in their face and they're not breathing very well. They can't play dead in the Western and their golf swing doesn't look anything like what they've already owned and honed. And they can show up and something gets in the way and it is in the mess. So let's, let's oh. delve into this mess a little bit more, Brooke. This this well, mental aspect, when you and I talk about this, we've talked about this in, in various forms. I separate things very clearly between the emotional and the cognitive. And here's how I do this. Brooke and I are going to go out on the golf course. She's student, I'm coach. And we're going to go to a place and I'm going to walk down behind this tree into the rough and I'm going to throw a ball down and I'm going to stomp on it. And then she's going to have to play this shot out. And you know what's going to happen? She's going to think her way through it. She's going to pull the right club. She's going to do all those things. And she's going to hit a pretty good shot out of there. And you know why? Because she's not mad of why that ball's in that situation. Right. She didn't hit it there. And she didn't wander down to, to find that ball trudging and stomping and grinding their teeth and growling. And the emotions are gone. It's purely a cognitive thing at that point. The situation is still the situation. She's still got to hit that golf shot and hit the best one possible. But what's the mess? What's in the way? It's the emotions at that point. So I make sure that I talk to people about the separation between the cognitive decision-making, pull the right club, hit this, change this setup thing, because the emotion's not there because I separated it from the emotions. The emotions is what makes it a mess. Can can you teach people how to do that on a course when it is them who hit it there? a, a lot of times is there, there's this trick that I've used a long time and, and Brooke and I have talked about this. John, can you imagine that you have an imaginary playing partner? Let's call him John. Sure. I see a shot off the tee, whether I hit it or not, if it's a good one, I take ownership of that shot. Mm-hmm. I hit it. But if it doesn't go so well and it starts careening off into the junk, John hit it. 
And I was just watching it as a spectator. You wouldn't believe how many good shots that I hit and how many bad shots that John hits. <laughs> At least that's this your works. story. <laughs> no, this it, works. It, it does work. You know, yeah. one thing that I, Jeff and I have talked about this so much. The other thing I've started doing is, you know, trying to get people to quantify. I mean, everybody's about a number, a number. And <laughs> when somebody hits a shot, I will say, okay, was that shot great, good, or was it good enough? And they're like, it was awful. And I was like, that's not an option. <laughs> like great, good, right. or good enough. Mm-hmm. And in starting to talk to them really about how many tournaments, how many millions of dollars have been won by professional golfers just hitting it good enough. Yeah. And really yeah. getting to the, the root cause of what is a good shot to you? And when you start really trying to get students, trying to get golfers to give their definition of a good shot. And one thing I did that was bad is a good shot to me, parameters that I would put on myself, I would expect that my students have those same parameters. No, a good shot to golfers, it means a million different things. I have yet to have one student give me the same definition. And when they and when they start playing and it's like, OK, was that shot good enough? Then all of a sudden the pressure gets off and yeah. they're able to play and they're actually able to be more athletic when they're able to separate it. And this is something that I've actually done a lot of research, a lot of studying, a lot of shadowing is the Vision 54, P. Nelson, Lynn Marriott. They are the gurus when it comes to really that mental sports psychology side of it. And Mm -hmm. they have got, you know, gosh, I think they've got over 200, maybe 400 PGA, LPGA pros that they work with of really like, what is the root cause of this? And being able to separate it of you've got to be in the shot, you got to play, you know, you can't think about golf, it's meant to be played. But once that shot is done, once that ball has landed, Then you get into that whole memory box aspect, and that is where people either succeed or they tank. That's why the show is is so good, because we just we shoot for good enough and and we get it and we get it each and every time. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. Paid for by government.com. Have you heard? The United States Mint has issued the Morgan Silver Dollar for the first time in 100 years. Not only that, but they are also minted in 99.9% pure silver for the first time ever in history. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone that knows the enduring popularity of Morgans. But you must hurry. Only 175,000 legal tender silver dollars were issued. These Morgan Silver Dollars are brand new, bright and shiny legal tender coins minted by the iconic Philadelphia Mint. Just call one. 800-888-7630 and you are guaranteed a new 99.9% pure silver Morgan dollar. The first time in history this has happened, but with limited quantities you must call now to order. To learn more, call 1-800-888-7630. If you order now, you will receive a free collector bonus, a $25 value free with every order. Call 1-800-888-7630 now to secure your new Morgan silver dollars before they are gone. That's 1-800-888-7630. We are back. Those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Brooke Watts 
is uh, our uh, our guest on the show this weekend. Guys, I, I had no idea you both were such such deeply rooted into psychology. Look, we're dealing with people. Come on. We're trying exactly. to help people perform. If that's not a psychological endeavor, I don't know what is. Well, I mean, and golf's a game played on a, on a course five inches wide anyhow, right? Yeah. It, you know what? Oh. It It's amazing to me. Like Brooke was, was saying earlier about the, the, the reaction to the shot, basically. Did it live up to our expectations? Most of the time, no, because we expect way too much. Yeah. <laughs> right? But then there's oh, this good enough, right? I've got this shot scale, a one through five. John, we've talked about this on the show, I, a ranking scale. One is the worst you could ever do. It's a puke on your shoes kind of a golf shot, mm-hmm. right? That's a one. A two is just bad. Three is okay. Four is good. And five is awesome. Five is the shot we all think we ought to be hitting every time anyway. We finally get one. That's a five. Guess what? Probably not going to be too many fives during the round. Yeah. However, what if our scorecard was littered with threes? fours and the occasional five thrown in we got a hell of a round of golf going you do but what if so if we work on the strike and we think of that as a strike scale from one to five and what if i just expected and worked toward a three or four every time occasionally i get the five Mm -hmm. but if all i'm really trying to push myself for is to say i'm going to work on my strike here have the best strike I can. I'm going to come out with threes and fours all day long. Right. Yeah. And then the oh, outcomes absolutely. are always tied to those. Well, not always, but many times the outcome of the shot is tied directly to the strike. You know, Brooke, you've had these where, you know, maybe you got the wrong club in your hand or a gust of wind comes up and you come up a little short, but you flushed it. Right. Right. You right. performed to the five level, the four level, right? But the shot outcome didn't quite get there. We can't be all bent out of shape at that, although a lot of people do, right? And this is where I try to steer them back to what can you actually expect of yourself? And if you exactly. hit the shot so well and the outcome was such that, you know, maybe I hit a bird and it fell down into the pond and I lost a ball and cost myself penalty stroke, it wasn't because of the strike or anything I did. There was an outside influence that I had no control over. Well, I think it's being able to control what you can, can can control. You know, gosh, Texas, we have wind. We have wind 12 months out of the year. And if you're playing in central Texas, really any time of the year, we do not know what's going to happen with the weather. We're going to have a 40 degree temperature drop within the next six hours here. <laughs> so we can't, you know, I talk to students about this all the time. You can't control the weather. You cannot control who you're playing with. You cannot control course conditions. The only thing that we can control are our reactions. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. And being able right. to go in with that understanding of, you know, as golfers, I think we all, I know I am, we're all control freaks. We just want to control everything. <laughs> we, and that's why we all have this common love of the game is we love control. Well, right. when you're playing and goodness knows I've done this of, I have no idea where this ball is going to go. I mean, if you can see my eyes, you're way too far in front of me because I don't know where it's going to (laughs) go. And that's the worst feeling when you get out there and you start playing and you you feel like you've lost all control. Well, understanding what I can and can't control all of a sudden starts giving you more power 
And when we start feeling empowered as individuals, as golfers, as athletes, then all of a sudden we start performing better. And that was something I could not wrap my pea brain sized head around in college of how are these women beating me? Well, they could control what they couldn't control. I wanted to control them. I wanted to control the golf course. And I also want to control my score and the score. And Jeff, you talked about this, your score, what the golf ball does, that's an outcome. And that's something we cannot control. And if we start as instructors, I think, really diving more into this, then, oh my gosh, it's amazing what our students would do. It, it's, it's taking what, extrapolating what you guys are talking about and, and putting it into real life, the, you know, experience of, of myself and the group I play with a lot. We are, <clears throat> excuse me, we are our own worst enemies because of the reactions. Because Absolutely. when you hit when you hit that shot into the woods or or you hit that shot that sounds great and felt great and is, you know, the longest drive you've hit today, but it's 150 yards to the right also, you know, and, and you start throwing stuff that ruins the next shot, no matter what the condition is of, of the ball, where it's lying. I mean, you could have a clear shot to the green, but you're you're so pissed off of where you hit it based on where you thought you were hitting it or where you wanted to hit it, that you just, your whole game falls apart. You know, I think that a lot of things that we have, we set ourselves up for failure. I mentioned this briefly earlier so much because we expect ourselves to be perfect every shot. Yeah. We expect everything to come out as if this shot is going to be a five on the five scale all the time. Right. And I think that some of the things that feed that level of expectation is the stuff we see on television. We're looking at a highlight reel the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, On televised golf, they are showing the stars. They are showing who's playing really well that day. And they're showing the, the, the good shots. So let's say that uh, Justin Thomas is not up at the leaders and he's playing poorly But so he's not being shown often, but what if Justin Thomas has a hole in one, he's still not in contention Mm -hmm. and he's not with the leaders, but they will put that on television. Yeah, they will. They'll put all the successes that are great theater on television. And that is what we get. We get nothing but a highlight reel when we watch televised golf. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's So, so true. It Which leads you to us, believe that the game is a lot easier than it actually is. Exactly. And then it and and they make it look effortless. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you just watched a highlight reel of Fred Couples, you would think golf's the easiest game that's ever been played, and it's just the most relaxing thing ever, and that we should just go out and be having a happy go lucky life mm-hmm. and knock every shot in the hole. Yeah. Right. If we watch the highlight reel of Fred Couples. Yep. The the he has, in my opinion, one of the single greatest aspects of his uh, talent level is his reaction to the shot. You never see him get ruffled. Mm -mm. The guy dunks one into the water at the TPC on 17 and drops a ball and knocks it into the hole. (laughs) But his reaction was like, eh, well, all right, give me another ball. Stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, this is goes right to what, what Brooke is talking about. 
in this mess is this reaction, this emotional reaction to the outcome of the shot. Please, somebody, let's just keep Fred Couples on a highlight, on a loop, so people can understand <laughs> what what we ought to be doing. Yeah. Like, look, exactly. he doesn't act. He doesn't act like that a bad shot has ever affected his way of life. Yeah. But yet, John, the guys you're talking about, the guys you play with, they're acting like something terrible has just happened in life. Like, oh my God, this shot didn't go well. And they react like somebody just shot their dog. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, th- I saw a stat recently that said Walter Hagen, which Walter Hagen, I, I mean, a true character and, I wish there were more Walter Hagens that were out there playing that every time he played 18 holes of golf, he was expecting every single round to make four to six mistakes. He was expecting it. And, you know, Walter Hagen, no one could do the shots that Walter Hagen did. I mean, still to this day. And when I, when I read that, it really resonated with me. And I've talked to a lot of my students about it. And other stats that I've heard from folks of professional golfers saying when they play 18 holes of golf, they are really only happy with maybe five shots in 18 holes of golf, five shots. So there are five shots in their mind that were great. The rest of them were good or good enough. So if these professional athletes and these big names in golf are, have themselves set to this standard, why are we going out there thinking, Every single swing we make has got to be on that five scale or that great or that good that we got to make our standards a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got to sit there and think that the word okay is actually okay. Yeah. You know, good enough. I got it from here. I moved it forward. I hit it. I've moved it forward enough that my next shot can do what I want. Yeah. That that was one thing I learned from you playing when we were at champions point. And I, 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 Top to three wood, it went about 50 yards. And I started to get upset. And you said, Hey, is it closer to the hole? I said, Yeah. He said, Is it in the fairway? I said, Yeah. He said, Then let's figure out what we're going to do for our third shot and move on. It's, you know, the next shot is ready. Forget that one. Let's do the next one now. Going, oh, we oh, always okay. have to reset. And yeah. We always, as not as golfers, but really as humans, we always have to reset. I mean, gosh, the holidays are coming and nothing is more stressful going to Target this time of year <laughs> and having to deal with that mess. I don't know what it's like in y'all's part of the woods, but ooh, down here in Texas, it gets rough. The $100 mean, dollar store. That's what oh, I affectionately my, referred to Target as. I, I don't think gosh. I've ever walked out of there for less than 100 bucks, no matter yeah, what I, I went in there but, to buy. Here it is. Brooke brings up stress, right? Yeah. Part of the mess. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. We got to we got to touch on these things, right? Brooke brought up the great topic of the day, right? The mess. Yeah, the mess. Right? We talked a little bit about the mental, we talked a lot about the emotional. Now we got to talk about stress and how we handle it and how it affects us. All right? Because boy, that happens. Okay. Oh, well, and 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 how Oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, we get to a stressful situation, like when we've got like 15 seconds left. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and give how to deal with stress. I mean, this is probably going to be the, the best 15 minutes of your life this year when we come right back. So make sure you hang around. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. 
If you still haven't gotten a golf trip on the calendar this year, there is still time to make it happen at French Lick Resort. This is the only place you can play courses by Pete Dye and Donald Ross together at the same property. You can play both championship courses through October 31st when you book the Hall of Fame package. Golf season lasts well into the fall in southern Indiana. Go to FrenchLick.com to start planning. Again, that's FrenchLick.com. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-705-4051. That's 800-705-4051. Again, 800-705-4051. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He's Jeff Smith at the uh, Timbergate yes, Golf Club course, whatever. I, uh, clubs and yeah. courses and stuff, it doesn't matter. Timbergate, that's all we need to know. And Brooke Watts from um, down there in Tejas. At, Forest uh, Creek. Forest Creek, yes. And that's what, Round Rock or Square? It's in Round Rock. We're <laughs> just North Austin. And and the mess segments of the game: mental, emotional, social, and stress. Stressful situations. It can be just sitting on the first tee with people watching. Can right? You know, the thing Absolutely. I really hate, man, is you play out at Fuzzy Zeller's place in in Indiana, Covered Bridge, uh, number nine and number eighteen, both par fives, greens, both in the shadow of the patio of the clubhouse. So and you, you think you have an audience you're being watched every time. That's right. Exactly. Because <laughs> all those people are really concerned about how I shoot that day. As a matter of fact, they do. Oddly enough, John, they've got money riding on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the stress of, that people bring to the golf course. I mean, I have had so many that have come to the lesson tee. And they are wound up because of life. Maybe they had a rough day at work. Maybe they've got something going on with their personal life. Well, all of that is going to feed directly into your golf swing. How tightly you hold the club, how fast you're swinging the club. And all of that is going to impact the technique. So it comes into that whole mess that I talked about earlier. Of right. You've got to be able to manage the things that you can manage. If your stress level is really high, it means your heart rate's going to be high. Maybe you're walking faster than normal. Maybe you're swinging faster than normal. Maybe you can hit the ball fat longer than what you actually typically do of your average yardage. Or maybe it's just the exact opposite. Maybe the stress slows you down. And your heart rate's lower and you're, you don't have the power. So you've mm-hmm. got to be able to manage that and be aware of how you're feeling. If you feel a little bit more amped up, if you're a little stressed out more than normal, you feel that your heart's racing a little bit. It may be something that you can ride it out through your golf round of 18 holes, or maybe it's something you got to lower it down. Walk slower, talk slower, feel like your swing is slower than your 100%. You know, Annika Sorensen, when she played in the Colonial, she knew she was going to be stressed. She knew her adrenaline was going to be amped up. She knew her cortisol levels were going to be amped up. So she had to feel like every swing she made on the downswing was 60% of her 100% effort. Now, whether she did that or not, it's hard to quantify that. It's a feel versus real. 
Mm-hmm. And that first hole, I was there at Colonial and she took a forewood and hit it about 30 yards further than what she typically hit her forewood because she was so amped up. And her ball striking was amazing that day because she had the weight of the world and everybody watching what she was going to do in this PGA tournament. Yeah, And it's a yeah. feel versus real. Uh, I tell my students, if you're listening to music while you're warming up and you feel like you're a little too amped up, listening to something a little bit more mellow, a little bit low key that, you know, down here in Texas, I love country music, you know, and so I'm like, listen to this old Patsy Cline or <laughs> Willie Nelson. No one's more relaxed than Willie Nelson. <laughs> wonder why that is. <laughs> I mean, I think we all have our reasoning why. <laughs> I think we well, all that, understand that. That would, that would lead me to, um, to the next logical question. A lot of people handle the stress on the golf course by uh, indulging in products stress that, relievers. that relieve yes. stress. Tempo makers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that and that, you know, that kind of comes into that whole spirit side of things of how do you deal with stress? Like because we all in some form or fashion have to deal with it in some way or another. Right. And it's being able to really kind of get to a deeper rooted issue here sometimes that this isn't a golf thing. This is something other than that. And what's suffering is your technique. If there are some that are trying to figure out how do I handle this? Let's say they're playing in a tournament and they they can't drink. Maybe walk a little bit quicker to your next shot. Walk faster than your group. Get your heart rate up. So you have some time when you get to the ball to actually bring it down a little bit exhaust yourself just enough to where you got to calm yourself down Mm -hmm. or I'll have them do the opposite of walk slower, getting to your ball or being able to find things to help calm you down. And it's different for everybody. One of my really good competitive players, he's a collegiate golfer. Now, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, rhinestone cowboy by Glenn Campbell (laughs) is what calms him down. And I'm like, how do you even know about this? <laughs> His grandfather exactly. must have showed it to him. It was something yeah. about Rhinestone Cowboy that leveled him out. It's mm-hmm. different for everybody. If we start asking our students this question, number one, it's a hilarious what they come up with. And I'm honest about things that I've done to try to get myself motivated or honestly to bring myself down a little bit. It is something that it's different for everybody. It's just like the golf swing. There is, there's about 1.8 billion ways to swing the club and they're all correct. There's probably 5.8 billion ways to calm yourself down, deal with stress. All of them are correct depending on who you are. There are some who don't need the calm. There are some right. who need, need to be amped up. Yeah, exactly. I am, I am that person. I am the opposite of the rhinestone cowboy. I'm the opposite of Patsy Klein, and I am the opposite of the Willie Nelson guy. That's right? it. Yeah. It's ACDC I or nothing for Jeff, the, man. I know this is, <laughs> I've got, I've got my stuff. I mean, I'm sitting there on the range. If I care about my round of golf and I got my headphones in to kind of get me to where I need to be, I'm playing some speed stuff. I got Nickelback going. I got Quiet Riot coming out of my ears. I, you would believe what I got going on. And people like that is the wrong way to go. I'm like, no, it isn't. No. That's for me. <laughs> I, I got to gotta tell you a story. Play golf with a guy, a friend of, a friend of ours, uh, but he used to play trumpet for Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And when he when he plays golf, he plays with music. And he calms him. And it keeps him, you know, in rhythm. And, and one time a uh, Chicago tune came on. And I just kind of looked. I said, hey, Frank, they... They basically put you guys out of business, didn't they? And he just looked at me and he said, yeah, John, 
thanks. And his game went to hell from that point on. <laughs> you triggered him. You triggered him, John. You, him some, you, you got into his spirit and you caused some stress. Look at that. All in one you know, sentence. You're good at this. You know, it is. I think you know, it's why Jeff Smith and I get along so well, because I am a high adrenaline person. I talk mm-hmm. fast. I walk fast. Now he does. Jeff Smith does eat fast because I've, <laughs> I've kept up with him at a Denny's at the PGA show. It's like we got 30 <laughs> seconds. We got to eat this. Let's OK, go. Jeff, I'm with you. Let's go. I'm with you. I'm, I'm here. And, you know, Jeff is kind of like my natural Xanax. And so when he and I are together, I amp him up and then he calms me down yeah. and somewhere we get from A to Z <laughs> in, a, in a respectful way, but we play off of each other. And that's where, you know, players, when they have caddies or players that have golf coaches, it's a huge part of that mm-hmm. culture and that, that spirit, but it's also being able to do it in all aspects of whoever you're playing with. And we got to be able to do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, there, one of the best rounds I ever played in my professional career, I was sick as a dog. I mean, I sounded like Barry white. I didn't <laughs> know my voice could get this low. <laughs> and my caddy was like, how are you going to do this? I'm like, listen, do not tell me where trouble is. I played the course blind. I said, I don't want to know where the trouble is. I don't want you to tell me what I shot. Just tell me how far I need to hit it. And she's like, understood. Mm-hmm. We played. And my one thought was just don't fall down today, bro. Please just don't fall down today. <laughs> Every swing was great. We get done. And I shot a career low. I had no clue what I shot, but it was being able to, okay, this is not my typical state. How am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. I had to amp myself up. Like you got to dial into how you're feeling. And it can play a huge, huge part of your golf game and you, your golf experience. Do you think maybe taking only one shot at a time too? Absolutely. I mean, we hit a shot and we're immediately going to, oh my gosh, the, my most hated hole is coming up in about 18 holes. I mean, it could be our first <laughs> shot of the day uh-huh. and you're already dreading something that's happening in the future. And you're, we start forecasting too far in advance. It's like, it's one shot at a time. You've got to go from A to B to C right. and being able to just dial in and stay focused with what you have to do just one at a time. Yep. yep. No, it's amazing what happens. Brooke gave a great example of what happens when you get into the one, into that vibe, into that zone, into that spirit that you've got going that actually works for you. Right. What happens when you get out of it? Okay. So I got a lot of, time where I play golf that I'm there for the social aspects of golf. I don't play anymore to play really well and to go out and go tournament golf and go jack myself up a little bit emotionally to get myself into my best golf ever. I play a social golf and then I'm not jacked up and I'm not cranked up to play. And all of a sudden there is no stress because I'm not even amped up to play but I'm there to be social. Mm-hmm. It's not even close to being my best golf because I'm not in my best state. I, I walk around. I feel like I can't re- it doesn't really matter if I hit this shot or if I just mm-hmm. pick my ball up and move along. Cause I'm in the social mode. Right. Right. It work for me. But some people Lee Trevino and types like that, where they're just talking and chit-chatting the whole time, they actually play their best golf in that state. Yeah. I'm not that way. I have to get, like, cranked up. Exactly. You know, and how do you maintain it for 
four and a half, gosh, maybe six hours if it's going really slow and being able to manage that is that is that's the true test of golf is being able to manage yourself. You know, Brooks Kepka is a perfect example of this. He loves playing fast. And if yeah. he's playing with uh-huh. a group that's intentionally slow, he will go into a bathroom or a porta potty and just hang out in there. So they get a time delay warning on them. So their group has to play fast <clears throat> and he does cool. it intentionally yeah. to get him to where he's competing in his best. Now, if I, and I've done this where I've had time warnings um, come on the group, I immediately get stressed out of, Oh my gosh. So my mm-hmm. fast pace gets even faster, yeah. which doesn't do me very good for my golf no. swing. No. So you've got to be able to amp yourself up, calm yourself down. And sometimes, I mean, it's like an EKG of what happens in one hole. Oh, I got to calm down. I got to slow down. Okay. I got to amp up. I got to slow down. We've got to be able to manage it. One of the best examples I ever saw was back in the eighties. I was down at the, uh, the, at the time it was called the bell South classic in Atlanta and fuzzy Zeller. I was following fuzzy's group. And we were just sitting there and he was walking up, smoking a cigarette. His caddy was already at the ball. And Fuzzy just walked up smoking, joking. Uh, it was, um, uh, I forget who it was in the uh, in the group. But anyhow, he came up and he'd been joking with everybody, joking with the crowd. He threw the cigarette down on the ground, looked at the caddy, said, what do we got? Caddy said 147, handed him a club. He didn't even take a practice swing. He just addressed the ball, hit it, bam. And before it landed on the green, he gave the club back to the caddy, leaned down, picked up the cigarette and kept walking. So the ball hadn't even hit. He didn't even watch where it went. It was like he didn't care. Uh, But it was basically that he didn't worry is what it was. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You you can't. No stress. And you got to be able to manage yourself because you don't know what is going to happen on the golf course. And especially if you're playing 18 halls of golf. I mean, I, gosh, I tell this story. I hit a shot in college where I ricocheted my ball off of a pond, pretty sure it hit some pelican, and then somehow it managed on the green. And my, my dad has this on a VHS tape, and he said, that is one of the worst shots I've ever seen. And I looked at him, and I said, it's on the green, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, it and I ended up getting a par. I mean, uh-huh. this ball had a trajectory I still have never been able to comprehend. <laughs> But it had enough, it had enough top spin that it skidded across the lake, hit a bird, and then it got on the green. And you know what? I just let it go and got my par and moved on. I mean, and it's a, it's a great story. Let's come back and make sure that you can manage your mess that is your golf game. You know, and, and now when you say my golf game is a mess, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Hang out where we'll be right back. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation, saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been 
and pain for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least $10,000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1097. 800-987-1097. That's 800-987-1097. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-568-2790. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems, and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about $100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for you your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider at 800-568-2790. That's 800-568-2790. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-568-2790. All right, so those weekend golf guys, we are here, and we're here every week. If you miss us, you can always catch us at the website, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. We always have great guests like Brooke Watts. We always have uh, top 100 teachers like Brooke, like like Jeff Smith, who is here every week co-hosting from uh, Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. One, one more time, what does MESS stand for, Brooke? The MESS is the mental, the emotional the social and the spirit side of golf. And if any one of those acronyms, if any any section of those four letters is off, it's your technique that's going to suffer. Oh, All but right. the camera will pick up on the technique and everybody will go to the technique because the camera said, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. look at what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. guess it, what? Yeah. The mess is the why behind it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. If you get the mess cleaned up, then all of a sudden everybody starts being a better athlete. It's amazing you get that cleaned up. How the technique fixes itself can't be tight. No, you know, no, you, you cannot. You cannot. You can't be in your head. Well, let me take that back. It depends on the person. There's some people that really need to be in their head, like a Bryson Chambeau, mm-hmm. or you've got some like a Dustin Johnson that is not in his head at all. And <laughs> you cannot deny the the results of these two golfers who go about it completely different ways. Yeah. The whole thing is, if you're going to be in your personal best space, that old adage to each his own really is a good thing to think about because you can't do what works for someone else and have that be yours. If someone's around Square Peg, Texas or Round Rock or wherever it is you are, <laughs> How would one get in touch with you? Well, you can go to the forcecreek.com website. My information's on that website. You can also go to my own instruction website, Watts, my last name, W-A-T-T-S, golfatx.com. Either way, you can find me on that. And I am happy to help people with the mess in their life. In, in their golf life. Let me, right. let me class, let me classify that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds cool. Okay. You can get us, uh, you can get through Jeff Smith golf instruction uh, on Instagram. I'm John dot the golf guy. Again, those weekend golf guys. And if you want to reach us on uh, Twitter, it is 
uh, at WKND Golf Guys, and of course the Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. Got a great little group too. It's the uh, League of Extraordinarily Average Golfers. So you may want to check that out. It's a fun place to be. We're here every week. And again, you miss the show, those weekendgolfguys.com. You can catch everything we've ever done. Uh, the second best golf show in the world returns next week. Hope you come back with us. Until then, hey, fix the mess, then go play some golf. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.